0: Hello, and welcome into a special Hoopsville podcast. I am your host, Dave McHugh. This is, we're in the preseason here, getting a chance to talk to you about a couple topics before we get the season rolling in mid November. This topic is about officials and the referees in the games, and now the new national coordinator of officials. Recently announced by the NCAA, Jim Haney is the first Division III men's basketball national coordinator of officials, brings in over 30 years of experience as a college basketball official, including at the Division I level, seven years as a supervisor of officials at the conference level, most recently in the last four years at the CSAC. You may remember the CSAC, home of Cabrini and other schools and of recent uh, shifts in the Mid-Atlantic in uh, conference moves and and team and school moves. But Jim Haney is now the new person. This is something that we were told about a a little while back but have been putting the pieces together and looking forward to it. So this opportunity and this podcast gives us a chance to hear from Jim Haney and to find out more about what this is all about. Now joining me on the Hoopsville Hotline is the former... now joining me on the Hoopsville Hotline is a former CSAC officials assigner, along with a former Division I official himself. It's Jim Haney, and sir, thanks for joining me here on the broadcast. Thanks for having me, David. And we talked a little bit about the intro, but we'll get into more details here. This is a first for Division 3 an opportunity both on the men's and women's side to have an a, an official person, per se, with the NCAA. Who's overseeing all the sport, all the officiating in Division Three basketball? This is this is really a, a giant leap forward for the division, is it not?
1: It is, David, and it's a, it's an opportunity that was presented to me that I'm really excited about, and uh, I'm looking forward to the challenges ahead and uh, hopefully uh, making some strides into uh, bettering the officiating.
0: You certainly have plenty of experience. You and know, I have talked before. Your Division One background, you've been in many a big game, as it were. As I mentioned in, quickly in the inter- introduction, you also have been an assigner for the CSAC, you know, for those out there not familiar with the CSAC, the Cabrini's of the world. What, what's drawn you to Division Three, as it were, now that you've you essentially put the whistle aside in, in college basketball?
1: Well, it, Dave, it's an opportunity for me to get back into my roots and help some of the younger guys and younger officials uh, climb the ladder, so to speak. Um, I was given an opportunity way back when and mentored by Tim Higgins and Lauren Travis and Joe Sylvester and came up with Frank Scagliata as an official. And, you know, those guys paved the way for me. And now it's my turn to give back to a game that was so good to me.
0: What's challenging here is and what I've gathered a lot from this is that you know we we've all gotten used to how officiating happens in different regions and different conferences, and we'll go into those nuts and bolts in a bit. Um, but I don't think everybody truly appreciates how the tournament officials are put together or how officiating is is talked about on a national level. You know we talk about all the rules that are put in place and emphasis for officials and whatnot. Really, in Division Three, until you, we haven't had an overall voice for that. Is that a fair way of saying it? We really had the NCAA say X, and then every single assigner, like yourself and the CSAC, was then tasked with, with your own interpretation?
1: Correct. That is, that is a correct way of saying it. And, and unfortunately, J.D. Collins, uh, two or three years ago in our meeting in Indianapolis, said to us, Look, I understand your, your your concerns. I understand your problems but I really don't have the time right now to help you. And that's what started this ball rolling. Uh it happened in our meeting and the NCAA was told, you know, hey, let's let's see if we can put something together on the, the division three and division two level, similar to what we have in division one level and this job was posted and I applied and Fortunately for me, um, I was given an opportunity here. So that's that's how it transpired.
0: We should point out J.T. Collins, the Division I uh, head of officials, um, and you can obviously tell with, with what he's got on his plate, certainly not enough for every other division on top of that. You know, 800 schools versus uh, just a 300 for himself. It, it makes it complicated. So you, you apply. I know from behind-the-scenes conversations that a number of very – Qualified individuals applied for it. Why did you want this job? I mean, you you've got a pretty good job with the CSAC. Obviously, you're assigning officials there. You you can maybe if sign officials for other conferences should the opportunity arise. But why the national level? Why go for this position, which is certainly on a far grander scale and and really for you, it's going to be brand new.
1: Because of the opportunity, because of the challenges, and and again. I'm a guy that has always wanted to help the younger guys. Even back in the Big East days, when we had a new guy on the staff, they always seemed to work with me for two, three, four weeks, and you know I'd got him in travel and everything else. And the, the, the challenge here is terrific. Um, it's an opportunity to to really make my niche in college basketball. It, it's that's that's the reason. To put myself on a national stage and and show people just how good I am at, at organiz, organizational skills and people skills and and working with all these guys and giving them some hope.
0: Let's talk about how this works. You'll be working with J.D. Collins to some extent and the person in Division Two uh, as you guys try and interpret the rules and 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 create a base. But we'll. we'll we kind of hinted at at the beginning. One of the nuances of Division Three is we always know that the CCIW is officiated in a certain way, the NESCAC is def- officiated in another way, maybe the Northeast in general, uh, the Mid Atlantic, the CSAC maybe officiated slightly different than the Centennial Conference or whatnot, and we can go through. All the all the differences there, and and it's kind of one of those things like, hey, you know, we know that maybe the big guys are a little bit more physical in the in the Midwest because they're allowed to in the Northeast. Maybe the hand checks called a little bit more often. I'm kind of making these up as we go a little bit. How are you going to be able to oversee the officiating? And what's the ultimate goal? Is the ultimate goal to get everybody on the same page? Are these nuances still going to exist? I don't think we can eliminate all the nuances.
1: I think we can get them to a point where they're streamlined and we get, we are all on the same page similar to division 1. Look, this isn't this isn't something that's going to happen overnight. We all know it's going to be baby steps to start and this is a 3-year project for me. So, what my job's going to be is to work with all these guys and specifically watch game film on Synergy Go to games live in person at preseason tournaments, uh, regular season conference, non-conference games in different areas, and then spend time with the supervisor officials on how he's teaching it and try to ensure that when we get to Salem, um, everybody knows that the rules are going to be enforced as as written. There's not going to be, well, it's two Midwest teams, they're going to play that way, just like you said. I'm I'm going to put that to rest. That's my goal: is to is to eventually have it streamlined to a point where there are very little of these nuances left.
0: So basically, you're taking a talking point away from our show, saying that the Midwest is a physical brand, and somewhere else is maybe a hand-checking brand. And you really want this as, and obviously, as you point out, it's not going to happen overnight. But we do want in a year, two years, maybe at the end of the three years have seen a difference that the game is as universally called as possible.
1: Yes, that is absolutely 100% the goal. So wh- and that's what I'm striving for.
0: You say a three year plan. I know from talking to yourself and talking to Tim Fitzpatrick, who's the men's committee chair this year, the uh, AD at Coast Guard, that the, that this is a three year plan on purpose. This is not a one year contract necessarily for yourself, but can you explain to others why it's a three-year versus a one-year? We're so used to maybe shorter contracts.
1: Because they understand that the challenge that that this is going to, you know, put forth on my plate. There's some things that there's some rules and some procedures in place for this current season that I can't undo. But I can certainly now start putting my own footprint on 2018, nineteen, 2019, twenty to a point where just an example how about putting observers at every region for evaluation purposes of division 3 we've never had an observer at the division 3 tournaments to observe officials and evaluate them so nobody's gotten any feedback so just to start that way and provide some younger guys some opportunities to work on a national stage and be evaluated and see where they are in their their careers and maybe who knows? Maybe they move on to the Division One out of the Division Three National Championship game. I don't know, that, but that's the goal. The goal is to start doing these little things, and then by next year, hopefully, or maybe even this year, if I can do it, I don't think I can, is have me pick the 96 officials or whatever number it is and assign every pod, every region, and every game. And that's what the goal is going to be.
0: We'll get to the tournament in a moment because that's certainly another fascinating side of this. But let's get back to, to right now. I know you've gotten off to the ground running rather quickly. Your feet were moving the moment you planted uh, and the NCA hired you. Um, and I know you've already had meetings with supervisors of officials, you know, the, basically your former ilk to some extent. Um, how are you getting everybody to buy in or how do you hope to get everybody to buy in to saying, listen, I know you've been saying X to your officials, we're going to tweak that. I know you've been saying the other thing to your officials, we're changing that as well. How do you get these guys to buy in to understanding, you know what, now I'm in charge and we're going to do things a little differently? Well,
1: the first thing I do is they trust me. They now know that we have a voice at the table. So they now see an opportunity to have some input, and I, I, I tell these people, I've been to seven conference meetings already in this month, and I'm going to the eighth one this Sunday. I can stand up in front of everybody and say, "Fellas, this is a new era. This is a new way. We're trying to put forth a plan that gives every one of you an opportunity to be successful, and we now have a voice at the national level that will provide you." an evaluation, an observation, and an opportunity to succeed. And with the help of myself and the 27 supervisors of officials throughout this country, we are going to fix this problem that we all know we have, and we're going to get it right. And I will work with them, and I will get input. I will get advice. And this isn't just a Jim Haney job. It's a Jim Haney name job, but it's 27 other guys that are going to have some input on ideas and suggestions so we get the best officials at the end of the year in our tournament for the student-athletes and coaches that have worked their butts off all year long to get to that, that championship or semifinal, and they deserve the best that we can give them. And that's what we're, that's what we're shooting for.
0: We probably hinted at this, and maybe this is a bit of a repetitive question, but what has been broken from your point of view?
1: The evaluation process the selection process. There's no evaluation process. The selection process, there's a watch list given in. Those, some person in the NCA office would pick 10 people that would go to, okay, Jim Haney, you're, you're the regional chairperson in the Mid-Atlantic this year. I need one official for you to, to send to Salem, Virginia. And, and the process doesn't work. It could be anybody. It might not be the best official based upon evaluations because there are none. there are none at that level, and we have to fix that that's the number one goal is to fix that evaluation system and get observers in 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 place so that we get credible credible evaluations
0: and I know I talked to you in a previous conversation. I remember sitting at you know as a PA announcer at my alma mater and there was a guy evaluating for years who would sit next to me obviously. The school was the closest to his home, and you got to see as many officials as possible. Is that what we're going to see an increase during the regular season, or is this really um, also uh, focused on pro- on postseason only?
1: It's probably just postseason right now because I have no control over the regular season, other than I am going to get people that I am comfortable with, and I might come to a game, Dave, like you said, at your local, and I might sit with that observer. And I might listen to him and talk with him during the game about what he's seeing and try to see if it's a guy that I think can help us in the postseason. So I'm going to have to surround myself with people right now that I know that are credible from either working with them or knowing them as a former coach. But I've got to get everybody on the same page so that I don't, obviously I can't be at every region. Right? <laughs> and That'd be a miracle. We have to figure out how to get the evaluations somewhat balanced so that they're all the same, so that the committee person and the observer at the region can say, all right, Jim Haney, you're, you, you're going to advance on to Salem next weekend from this region, as opposed to what we currently have, where we know the person in advance who's going to the final floor regardless of how good they did in the first or second round.
0: And that brings up the tournament side of things, which we danced around a little bit here. You know, a lot of times you've said it, the the regional people say, "Hey, here are the list of officials who are available." Obviously, depending on a lot of factors, who they've uh, officiated against, if a team's involved, et cetera, et cetera. They're picked out and placed at a location. But we never really see them to the next round, and we don't see them to the following round. We don't see them in Salem, for example. Not necessarily do any of those guys have done multiple games. They may have just done one. The One might be the Final Four in Salem. You're looking to overhaul that completely. You've hinted at it, but I'll kind of bullet point it. You want to, at some point, name every single official to every single game and those guys most likely will move on in the tournament, just as the teams do.
1: Correct. Absolutely. One hundred percent. They will. Right now, what I'm hoping is that they will work the first or second round at the at a pod somewhere, and maybe the second round, the the the, the game, the round before the uh, the semifinals and the the teams going to Salem. Maybe there's potential guys in that round that I'm looking at for the following year. And maybe I take... I don't know how it's going to work. I haven't figured it all out yet, but there is going to be advancement throughout the tournament from the start to the finish. I can promise you that.
0: I think in Salem we get uh, X amount from every region. They're mixed and matched for every game, and depending on who's in what game team-wise... How much does this change Salem now? Will this change Salem to the point that it doesn't matter where they're coming out of each region? The balance is not necessarily the the primary factor here?
1: Correct. That's absolutely 100% correct. Uh, There'll be some diversity from different parts of the area, but it's not going to say that the mid-Atlantic region is limited to one official or the South is limited to one official. Maybe the South has three really good guys, and maybe the Midwest only has one guy and maybe the southwest has nobody. They're all it's going to be performance based. It'll it'll it's not going to be you just get selected and you move in there. It will be based upon a performance that there has been an evaluation and your evaluation is very good.
0: One of the jokes uh, division 3 basketball has had especially back in the day on the men's side was the old boys network and sometimes that's how teams got into the tournament. We certainly are a long way past that, but in conversations I've had with coaches and conversations I've had with other officials, I gather there's also still a bit of an old boys network in the officiating ranks. Maybe not necessarily um, in a mean spirited way, but in a way of making sure to take care of somebody and get them an extra paycheck or something along those lines. It sounds like this one's getting blown up.
1: It is. It is. And it, it, again, it's just a formula that doesn't work right now. It's not fair to, it's not fair to the teams and student athletes. And the coaches who have worked all year long and that's what the goal is. The goal is they're the best teams in the division three. Why not have the best officials available in division three that have had games that worked and their evaluations, they're they're on the top of the, the heap on the evaluation process and they deserve to be able to move on too rather than being limited to one check or or you know, one game.
0: A few miscellaneous questions. Now that you've kind of gotten the ball rolling, obviously we got to get into the season. But how many of these officials are doing more than just Division Three, whether it be D two, D one, or otherwise?
1: Oh, there's there's a high percentage. Yeah, a very high percentage. I don't. They, I don't know the exact number. When I asked I know that,
0: I was... I asked that because a lot of people are like, "Well, it's Division Three refs. These guys, you know, they don't do D one. They don't do D two. They." They don't have enough experience. So you know we're D3 refs. We, we should expect a lower quality. I've always thought that not to be true. I know a fair number of guys who do higher divisions. To some degree, these guys are doing higher divisions. We should expect a higher quality, don't we?
1: Yes, we should. Yes, we should. But you, you're, what you're getting is you're getting the younger guys on the D1 staffs that are just making their way onto those staffs you're getting the 2 3 year guys that have worked D2 and D3 you know for multiple years and now have had been provided an opportunity to go to a BCS conference and maybe they're working 10 12 non conference games, you know and, and now they're coming back to D3 and, and they are they are the better guys they they were selected by those conferences for reasons so we will get those guys in Salem and we will get those guys in our tournament
0: that's fascinating to hear and and certainly something I'll look forward to going into this year obviously new rule book in the sense that every two years we change it we have a few twists and, and tweaks and some oddities and some interesting ones here and there what's the message to officials this year what's the message to us supervisors as well as we as we get ready for the basketball season
1: 26 rule changes lots of lots of Individual things that guys are going to have to concentrate on in November and December, because it's going to be new to them. Enforce the rules as written. We have a brand new coaches box that is extended ten feet. <laughs> yeah. We have a thirty-eight foot coaching box now, which the coaches wanted. And I will promise you that the coaching box will be thirty-eight feet, not thirty-nine feet.
0: Okay. <laughs>
1: and we'll see. The current one's we'll thirty-eight see.
0: feet. The old one was thirty-eight feet. <laughs> we'll
1: see. But we'll see. But that's the message going out that the rules are similar. They're, they're, we have to enforce them as they're written, and we have to allow this freedom of movement and reduce physicality in our game.
0: And the other thing is, we always hear the emphasis is whether it be the, the the illegal screens, whether it be hand checks, whether it be player control files, whatever it has been in the last six, eight years. And, and the joke is, by the midway through the season, it wears out. Granted, it depends on where you are, but at some point the officials will say, forget it, I'm done trying to, to beat this into people, and we're calling so many fouls early on. I sense that you're – let me phrase it differently. How do you make sure the points of emphasis continue for an entire season?
1: Synergy. The tape film exchange program that a lot of teams in this country are using, it will allow me to monitor games – throughout the country on a daily basis. If I see something's wrong with the game, if I see a repetitive situation in a conference, I will address it with the conference supervisor and say, X, Y, Z, we're at this game. I watched post-play is too physical. X, Y, Z, we're at another game. Post-play is too physical. That's telling me that you need to send a memo out to your officials that we need to call the post as it's written. So I will oversee all this, and I have I have a challenge. This is this isn't yeah. something that's easy.
0: Yeah. Let me let me ask you this: uh, you know, be the devil's advocate to some extent. Every time we have these things, every time we have emphases, we get to the regular season, and the early games are foul fests. Uh, We're going to the line a lot, and and I'm not bemoaning that. I'm just saying it's a fact because teams need to adjust. Coaches need to adjust, and sometimes that's the argument for why these things get de-emphasized by the officials probably unconsciously by midway through the season. What do you say to those who complain, oh, fouls are up or, oh, we're just going to the free-throw line a ton when it comes to these rules and comes to these emphasis, And as you try and change the culture in a lot of locations, how do you counter the argument, geez, all we've got is foul games?
1: We have, we have to make an adjustment. This isn't just the officials. This is how things are being taught. If the coaches don't, don't buy in, we're going to not be able to change this. The coaches have to buy in, and that means the officials have to do what they're being told, and each supervisor has to monitor it. Every supervisor goes out to every school in their leagues preseason and goes over the points of emphasis and the teaching points, and a lot of coaches will say, well, what about this screen? What about, can we do this? Can we do that? They get it up front. So it's not a secret to the coaches. What the idea is, then I've got to get the officials, and the supervisors have to get the officials, is to call it that way. So that we don't say, oh, geez, well, we did it in November, but now it's December and here comes the conference season. You right. know that's not going to happen. Right. Well, well we're going we're to we're work on that. We're, we're going to work on that a little bit, and it's not easy. It's not something that's going to change overnight. And, again, we'll put something in place that, it, at least now, it's being monitored throughout the country. Now, with me being in charge, I can oversee it, and I can put some of these things to rest where no before nobody did. If the supervisor wasn't told, hey, you know, your officials aren't calling it this way, It didn't matter. He 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 was in charge. Well, now he's got somebody that's looking over him and and trying to monitor whether it's being done correctly or not.
0: Um, Before we let you go, I appreciate all the time you've given us uh, on this uh, early season podcast. Before we let you go, I always have asked this of the coaches. I'd love to get your perspective in a sense of if we were to rewrite the record the the rule book to some degree, but really. Is there any f- rule that you love maybe a nuance to the over rule that you love so much that just kind of makes you smile every time you see it come up?
1: Um, um, I'm not so I, I'm, I'm, I'm happy about the arc. I wish we would do it a little bit different and change the language to make it easier on the officials. Uh, I'm for making the game the freedom of movement and the flow of the game better. And if we could reduce physicality in the post, that would be terrific. The more fouls called the offensive fouls called in the post would be terrific. Um, they, that makes me smile when we get the first foul on the offensive guy, as opposed to penalizing the defensive guy. Okay. And, and when the cutter, the old Princeton style offense, when the cutters go running through and guys get bumped off us, you know, body checked and hip checked and, those fouls getting called make me—I always called those—and that makes me smile a little bit, only because I know then the game's going to have more flow to it. It'll be better to watch. It'll be better to play, and it'll be better to officiate.
0: And teams have been warned, and essentially, and, and they better get the hint. Um, if there was a rule that you'd love to just get rid of, it, you don't think it does the game any justice. Uh, there I don't might no right, There might not right be one. Now,
1: I don't know if I'd I'd come up with one that um, probably um, maybe the closely guarded count. Yeah. You know, reduce maybe the shot clock a little bit and and take the closely guarded count out so guys don't have to worry about counting whether they're dribbling or holding the ball. That would be one that I would, that would be on the top of my menu, I would think, the closely guarded count.
0: Yeah, that one's been confusing over the last few years as well.
1: Yeah, and again, maybe it's time to, maybe it's time to take it out, maybe it's time to take it out, and you know I don't know.
0: Yeah, that's interesting. Well, I'm I'm glad I got your perspective. I I hope we can call on you uh, whether it be at beginning of every season just to go over any nuances that have been changed, or every two years I should say, uh, or during the year when there's some some quirks, uh, even if it's off air. But thank you for taking the time. Um, as a tradition on this show, we always give the guests the final word. So any final thoughts you want to share with those who may be tuning in?
1: It's a brand new year. It's a brand new era in Division Three, and all I can promise you is I will accept the challenge to make Division Three basketball better so all the way from November to the, national, the end of the national tournament.
0: Very good. Well, c- thank you very much. Congratulations on the job. We look forward to seeing the changes, though we realize not overnight. We'll look forward to them throughout the year and throughout the years ahead, and uh, enjoy the season, sir. Thanks, David. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. He is Jim Haney, the new Division Three NCAA Men's Basketball National Coordinator of Officials. Once again, thanks to Jim Haney for joining us on this special Hoopsville podcast in the preseason. I am personally excited about this. I think it's something I don't think I truly realized we needed in Division Three, and I'm glad it's here. A chance to maybe level the playing field to some degree with officiating We have this constant conversation. I feel like I talk about it all the time. It certainly is a topic of conversation in the NCAA tournament about teams adjusting to officials from outside their region or who they've never seen. I think one of the rules I remember learning in the last few years is that officials assigned to games cannot have called one of those teams in the previous two seasons. I'm not sure if that rule still applies or if that was just a quirk of the time I was asking the question. But that means you really have to get used to the team just as the ref or the ref, just as the ref has to get used to the team. And, and now we may at least level a little bit. There's going to be some qu- nuances here and there that certainly everybody has to get used to about being human. Um, but at least we know about what to expect. That said, in previous conversations I've had with Jim Haney off air, one of the ones that he shared with me that I truly loved was how teams adjust. And again, Big East, former Big East ACC official in Jim Haney, he talks about Duke's coach, Mike Krzyzewski. He said every single time Duke had its first media timeout, Krzyzewski would talk to the team about how the officials were calling the the game and make them aware of that. So literally, first timeout of the game, being a media break, Coach Krzyzewski and his staff would talk to the team about one thing. How are these officials calling the game early? How do we make adjustments? I have said from the get-go that I don't buy into excuses that late in the game, so-and-so fouled out because the officials are calling it too tight. You have a moment to figure out how the game is going to be called. On the flip side, this opportunity now with Jim Haney for at least three years, if not longer— will give us an opportunity to also know what to expect from officials. It's not going to happen overnight. It's not going to be instantaneous. It's going to take some time to break some officials of habits, to break supervisors of habits, to get a conference, whether they're allowing too much, or region, I should say, allowing too much body contact on the inside or too much hand checking or too many illegal screens, whatever their nuance happens to be. It's going to take time to get those habits broken and teams to adjust, coaches to adjust, et cetera. Please keep in mind one thing. These rules are put in place not by the NCAA, not by the officials. They're put in place primarily by the coaches. There's an NCAA committee that's put together of all three divisions, administrators and coaches combined. Coaches take in feedback, even the administrators from the coaches and the NABC, uh, the NABC. These rules are made by the coaches. The coaches aren't surprised by these rules. They may not like them because they didn't support them, but these rules are by the majority for the most part. So the coaches know the rules, and the players are being taught the rules. This is now an opportunity to make sure that the rules and and the game that's being played in the CCIW, the NESCAC, the the Centennial Conference, the ODAC, the Northwest Conference, wherever it is, is as similar as possible. We see it in D1 for the most part. Now we're truly going to get a chance at it in D3. And I'm really excited about this. I think it's a great move for the rest of the NCAA, especially in Division Three. There is a women's coordinator. We have not had an opportunity to discuss this with her um, uh, for the Division Three level. We hope to at some point. If it's worth putting on air, we will do so as well. Um, but again, big move here in the offseason leading into the preseason here in Division Three, where we now have a national coordinator of officials at the Division Three level. It is Jim Haney former CSEC assigner and former ACC and uh, Big East and elsewhere official. I think this is going to make a big difference in our division, and really where we're going to see the biggest difference is going to come the NCAA tournament when we get really good, quality officials in games that matter and are important. I'm really looking forward to it. A reminder, we'll be back on the air with our first Hoopsville of the season in mid-November. We're leaning towards November 12th, but we could be as late as the 16th, depending on a few things behind the scenes, but we will get you that information. Follow us on Twitter at D3 Hoopsville, hashtag Hoopsville. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at D3 Hoopsville as well. You can also follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Hoopsville. Hope you enjoy this audio podcast. We hope to maybe throw a couple preseason podcasts together with some new coaches as well. We'll see what we have time for in the next coming weeks. Otherwise, look forward to starting off the 2017-2018 season in a few weeks. We hope you'll join us here on Hoopsville as well.